have Future Wager at 50 to 1. You do. I got another 25 to win. First leg, Warren. I, I just walk home. I'm just straight out the door. I'm gone. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a huge edition of the Two Units podcast. We got specs across three states today: the Valley, the uh, Rose Hill Gardens for the Rosebud. We'll have a look at a few races at Morfittville as well. We have supper, pack your nags, our unit of the week. And we'll finish up with our two units, our best bets from around Australia. The King returns. Here he is, Salts. Welcome, mate. Great to see you. I've seen that's what you've written down and entitled this episode on the run sheet. Season six, episode four, the return of the King. So, look, if that's the angle you want to play, then look, I'm I'm not going to disagree with it, mate. It's been a good couple of days. But, no, it's good to be back, mate. And and thank you as well to, to Tommy. And and also to Mick Gannon for for filling in and and stepping into um you know some small some medium shoes <laughs> ten ten and a half US not the biggest shoes but um you know that, that's not saying anything about anything else though is it so thanks boys for uh for stepping in but um look the, the people have spoken your tweet about um. Waiting for me to come back. It got thirty odd likes, so, so the people have spoken. Oh. Mate. No, thirty odd people want me back, mate. What I will say is, there's been a lot of intrigue and a lot of people DMing me. A lot of salt sightings as well, like a lot of people wondering where the great man is. I, a, mate, I haven't left my house for three there's weeks. Been a lot, where are they well, there's been three sightings, and there's yeah. been three sightings of you so far. The first one, apparently, you were. You were ripping some right arm meds at the uh, in playing indoor cricket at Fern Tree Gully. That was the first sighting of the Sultan. <laughs> well, that never happened. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's what, mate. This is coming across my desk. They're not confirmed. There's okay. no photos. Yeah. The other one was that you were seen uh, hissing the red rug at the Dapto Dogs on a Thursday night. That was another one. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm from Victoria. I don't know if you got there. And the third, you were sighted in Canberra in Fishwick in the red light district buying some X-rated VHSs. That was the last sighting. So can you confirm or deny any of those? Now, that last one, look, I was dragged in work. I I didn't didn't want to buy that particular video on the internet in case it left a trace, a digital trace. I've been been crook as a dog, but I... um, I got on the red eye there to Canberra, even though it's about a 45-minute flight. I got, I got red, on the red eye. It's a red eye drive. Yeah, it's a red eye drive. Yeah. And, yeah, so I've, I've brought back that VHS. Um, good watch, actually. Um, <laughs> Some horrific sightings. I, I, back, I, think, all, back, I think all of them yeah. are true. It was a back... Backdoor mutts, actually. <laughs> good, good film. That's an al- amalgamation of the Dapto toxins. <laughs> this fresh, delicious, tasty, meaty, turkey-filled, cold-cut combo. I eat three every day to help keep me strong. Supper time, where we celebrate great performances. And in the two weeks you've been away, Salts, this has really just formed into the flow meter supper, where we're just giving the threes, twos, and ones. Uh, in the segment, it? are we given votes this week? Yeah, we're given votes this week. Oh, okay. in, oh well, uh, you can order them. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll order. Can them. I give one vote to Backdoor Mutt's Nine Doggy Stock? <laughs> <laughs> you want a doggy stock? Yes. Nah, you, you certainly can. You can do whatever you want. It's your segment. Yeah, okay. Um, 
mate, the <laughs> the first vote actually came up today. You would have, I think, you've got this uh, this one here, mate, uh, for the yeah. for the one vote. Yeah, you would have seen on the socials. Um, at Bendigo, one vote goes to Swoop Jai, <laughs> Swoop Dog Jai McNeil. He was walking the track at, at Bendigo, and he he wasn't only getting swooped because you and I, I I've been swooped by a magpie. Mm. Um, I, I once climbed. Mount Hotham Falls Creek. It's only 250 k's, four four and a half thousand vert in one day. The highest my heart rate got in, in, in was when I got swooped for two k straight by a magpie, and I kept trying to out sprint it. It kept diving into my helmet. They're aggressive bastards. But Swoop Jai, he was jumping on the ground, and it was following him to the ground. Yeah, like it was like a Brett Lee bouncer at the Wacker. Like it, he was backing away, and and he and the magpie just kept bowling at him. So that's gutsy behaviour, and and flow meter. He'll be in his box today, or, or out in his paddock, and he'll be proud of Jai. He would be. There's a real. I've got a real insight to this the sicko mindset of a jockey, though, because he is inviting this magpie to swoop at him in this video. All right. He's mm. waving his arms around and you might see that as go away, but he's playing up to this. He he likes the thrill. They're real sickos, these jockeys. I don't know how yeah. much I can have that. Hey, two votes while we're on the jockey um, front as well. Has to be Ethan Brown, gutsy jet, made his return yesterday at Sandown. And to this dat, well, to this time, what is it? Thursday afternoon. He's had five rides and he's ridden three winners already. Cavale Ramponte, loved up lawyer, and Pivot City. So he's bloody started off um, pretty hot on his return to the saddle after a layoff since March. That's two gutsy jets. E Brown. Yep, you love to see it. Well deserved couple of votes there, and and three votes in the current landscape of sport in Australia. This is the easiest three votes you're ever going to give, and it goes to the Matildas. They've captured the heart of the nation. It, I must admit, for me personally, it's been a bit of a, a slow burn, but, of course, watch the game the other night. And the thing that strikes me about the Matildas the most is they're a team that are very – it's very easy to be proud of them. Like, they are representing the country so well. I love the fact that – they don't fuck around rolling around on the ground when there's a foul. Both nations, mind you, Denmark as well. There were, Denmark, Australia should have got about six yellow cards. My favourite, Hayley Rasso, absolutely assaulted one bird, didn't even, <laughs> didn't even get a card for it. It was brutal. But the girl didn't roll around. She just got up and started blasting the ref. So there's no theatrics. There's no simulation. And they're fun to watch and it's going to be fun on, on Friday at 5 o'clock. I know, unfortunately, you're umpiring, so you're going to have to mm-hmm. hop off. Yeah. The bandwagon, but against France, I'm all over them. The Matildas, three votes, doing us proud. I love it. That's a great call. Hey, do you know what else is different too? I obviously watch a lot of the men's world game, and you sort mm. of alluded to it, how they just get on with it. Like they're bringing on strikers at the end of the game when you're up to zip. Like if you're watching Premier League, they're putting that ball out into touch. They're going down with cramp every two seconds. Like they are – sucking that clock for all it's worth in that last 10 minutes. They were hungry. They wanted more. They were ready to roll. So I'm I'm with you, yeah, man. I like it. Absolutely. <laughs> and nice work enunciating then. I, I call it Tony Ball. It's Tony Ball, mate. Gustafsson. <laughs> he doesn't mate, he, he doesn't worry about subbing on defenders. He, he brings on the best striker in the world and says, have 10 in here because you're going to start against France. So yeah, we might touch looking on, forward to it, mate. Touch on and the AFL will push back five minutes. So Yep. Everyone's all about the Matildas, mate. That goal regulation size are 
So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck! I'll come! Pack your nags, time salts, and I cut you off with the stinger then. You, you, you were still going. You're still in awe of the Matildas. Did you have something? No, I wanted to give an honor, honorable mention. Oh, yeah. The vote. Keep going. Yeah, we're, yeah we, can. you know, we can't just limit it to three every week in the supper. That's a good call. Yeah, I want to bring Jason Bateman. Um, I watched a movie with him in it the other day, The Gift. It's written, directed, and, and also starring Joel Edgerton, Australia's own. Mm-hmm. But this Jason Bateman character, he's made an entire career out of playing the exact same person in every <laughs> single thing that he's in, be it movie or or silver screen television. He's the most apathetic human being of all time. He's consistently apathetic, showing very little emotion and extreme sarcasm in every single role that he plays. He just rocks up to work. And if he's not like that in real life, I'll... I'll give it away because he must be the greatest actor to have ever lived. I reckon he just rocks up and, and he's himself and he gets paid for it. So he's, he's got an honourable mention this week. He's got a podcast called Smartless with Sean Hayes and Will Arnett and he is pretty similar okay. and they each of them rotate and bring a new guest each week. But the catch is that they don't get any um, insight into who the guest is. So they just like turn up and they oh, have to like okay, interview yeah. them on the fly. Yeah, they're funny. It's, it's like when good. we do a three unit. Yeah, we don't do any prep. <laughs> we just roll in and talk to John Allen about <laughs> about uh, riding in uh, Ireland. That was good. So Drag are we packing the nags? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> are we packing the nags now? Yeah, we're packing the nags, mate. Right. Do, do, you want, well, do, you want a, do you want another stinger or are you comfortable just heading straight? No, nah, no, nah, I'm, com- I'm comfortable. Okay, good, I'm mate. Comfortable. Just making and, sure. Um, and... We spoke of the Matildas before. Now, the Mexican wave, they ripped it out the other night against Denmark. There's 85,000 there. It's the round of 16 in a World Cup. They're playing entertaining soccer. It's counter-attacking soccer. It was good to watch. There's no need for the Mexican wave. There's no need for everyone in the stadium to to wait for the person to their right to stand up and then sit <laughs> down instantly. There's just no point. Yeah, I just don't get it. it, it it's it's actually offensive to the athletes out on the ground because the Mexican wave gets pulled out when everyone's bored. Mm. But I'm sure they weren't bored. So please pop the Mexican wave away. I like that. It's it's up there with the uh, Adams family at the Big Bash for me in terms of <laughs> it's like, come on, put that away. That is just rubbish crowd. No, you don't. No, you don't speak ill of that. The Adams family is oh, brilliant. Please. <laughs> absolutely garbage. Um, <laughs> hey, this is... I'm I'm sending this packing, and it's probably like I think a few people would probably agree with me here, but I found Sam Kerr coming on for ten minutes insane. If you've suffered a calf injury before, the the amount of improvement your calf, you know, can take from an extra few days as opposed to risking it in that final ten minutes is it's huge. Imagine if she came on and tore the soleus did it again in the 85th. It would be the most heartbreaking, pointless thing ever. Now she didn't, and she derived some fitness from it. But my God, what a stupid risk that was when she could have had a controlled environment training session. The next day, Salts, I'm speaking from experience, absolutely idiotic. Well, you've had more calves than Daisy the cow, mate. So if someone is going to have um, the platform to be commenting, it's you and, and you've rehabbed them. So look... It's not my area of expertise, but I, I also would have thought that 
couple more days and, and you could mimic something you can mimic 10 minutes of intensity match day in a training session 100 percent in a controlled environment yeah it, it's yeah. it's there was a bit of um debate about that on twitter okay actually yeah the punt king blocked um <laughs> kieran because kieran had an opposing opinion so. well, it's pretty strong on it in our group Fresh chat as button. it as it was happening <laughs> to be fair um yeah. but which well, he didn't and it's great news and I know all of yep. the uh, strength, well, strength and conditioning staff listen to this show, so just heads up, guys. Yeah. Hey, the NCAA, they're the governing body of college sports. So I watched a doco um, the other day that's on Netflix about Johnny Football, Brilliant. Johnny Manziel. How good. And it, it was a good doco. I must say it felt a bit rushed. It, there's some still some more answers. It, it could have gone twice the length or been a couple of episodes, but it's still an intriguing story. But – this guy, this guy made so much money for college football and his own college. We're talking in the billions of dollars, and they were trying to hang him out to dry for for getting thirty grand for signing some autographs. Nike sold out it, of maroon apparel with his name on it. Yeah, it's legitimate slavery. <laughs> yeah, it is. And South Park did an episode on it when Cartman goes in and and says to the university. Um, Dean or whatever, like, how are you getting away with this? Because he, he wanted to copy with whatever he was doing. I think it might have been Crack Baby Athletic. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it it's legitimate slavery. Yeah. And also the people around this kid, like, he literally just got used and abused. The coaches and everyone at the college enabling the behaviour and, and not putting in the support around just a young bloke. Mm-hmm to be able to deal with all of this, but then taking all the money from him as well is, is legitimate. Uh, it's rape of the soul, basically. Yeah, it's extortion. Um, rape of the soul is yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. The NCAA, I think they've they've loosened the rules a little bit on making money, but Have still. This, yeah. this guy made the university so much money, they knocked it down the stadium. And build a seven hundred million dollar brand new stadium, like please. <laughs> it's just outrageous, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> How good. Um, speaking, actually, there's just no segue into this. <laughs> I was trying to create a segue. There's none. I'm sick of at any sporting event. So World Cup, AFL, a lot happens at the moment. I'm over the "Can I have your boots?" signs held up by kids, teenagers, or otherwise in the crowd. Mate, you can't have them. Get over it. I'm pretty sure I saw someone asking for my uh, Sacconi trail runners actually over the fence salts just after <laughs> a day. <laughs> no, nah, no one would want those big clunking career savers, but get over it. Get Go get your mum to buy a pair of $90 Puma Kings like I had to beg to, to get with my little sports co bag back in the day. The, how good were those bags? No, you, still, you still is, use yours. Mine. Yeah, yeah I've still I've seen mine. you still use it. It's it's absolutely twenty years old. It's faded it's an and crusty. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> but um, and they just write it on like a four bit of paper with pen. Yeah, it's, like, it's, la- try. it's lazy. Yeah, not happening. What about um? There's a bit of talk about Tom Papley at the moment mm. with the anti gambling and his podcast that that he's doing, but like. I don't know. I just had a thought that, like, for example, Collingwood is sponsored by KFC. What what's doing more damage to society's health, gambling or or people eating unhealthy and fast food? Like, where do you draw the line? Just a thought bubble for me. Uh, but like, alcohol gets um, rightfully taxed and and whatever, but fast food it's it's gross for you. 
Um, it's people's choice. Uh, it's just a thought bubble I had, mate. I, I, I can't, I, I can't distinguish between the advertising for the two of them myself personally, mate. You're preaching here, mate. I've been a, yeah. I've been a Homer Simpson into the hedges all week on this one. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so true. When they're galloping to the gates, there's only one place to bet: Top Sport, the home of horse racing. Whether you're a sprinter or a stayer or just a fashion-conscious player, go the distance with bigger bet limits and top odds on every race, every time. Download the app for a faster, easier betting experience. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Sold specs, and we've got specs across three states. Mooney Valley, Rose Hill, headlined by the two mil Rosebud, and we've also got Morfittville specs as well. Mate, I'm so excited to have you back in your specs segment because, to be fair, old Hamburger's Haylock bought nothing. He was just – he bought a couple of tips. He likes to call them his burger with a lot when he sort of backs and lays things in the same race, but old Hamburger's had nothing. He had about two tips for the day. Mickey Gannon bought great enthusiasm and great insight, but probably we, we both didn't have a great weekend. But you are back here now, mate, in your segment, and we've got lots to go through today, starting at yeah, the Valley. Yeah, we're at the Valley. Um, and look, after that poor track that was dished up off a break last time, I'm not sure why the rail had to be out five metres straight away, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a great result um, for racing. But the rail moves back to the true position, probably a four or three. There's one to six mils of showers predicted race day afternoon evening so when they hit we'll obviously have some bearing i'm still expecting lanes one to five to be the best performing lanes but unlikely to be mad leaders like it was the other week you highly doubt we're going back to what it was a fortnight yeah ago, yeah it was just yeah unreal um Race number one, mate, we're kicking things off. Both you and I have got a little play here. It's a three-year-old handicap over a 1,000 metres. Yeah, I'm keen on the eight, Pride of Sullivan, and she's done absolutely nothing wrong in her career to date. She's only had the one start, and, and she won that running good time at Swan Hill. She was green as grass. She started $1.70. Mancière started $7. She beat Mancière fair square, and she was still learning, as he was as well, but she was swishing the tail around. That Form then ties in Lakota Fire, who won last start at Morpherville, but also got pasted the start prior by Mancier at Werribee. And then she's had one jump out in her, I think, nine weeks off. And 47.83 was the fastest heat in the morning there at Benigo. And by some ways, I think she'll sit outside the leader. And to be honest, I think she should be favourite, Pride of Sullivan. Pride of Sullivan, we're looking at... Grab a price four bucks eighty mm. on Top Sport. Yeah, I'm going with Lakota Fire here, mate. At three bucks forty, I just love the way he went about it on um, second up at Morfittville. Jump from ten, worked straight up to sit outside the well fancied favourite for the McAvoy's Miss Sunshine, who sent us packing. Um, was particularly strong late. Um, ran away from him through the line, clocked the fastest last 400 of the entire meeting. Jumps from eight here again. Will likely be positive with Damien Lane on board. So. I like Lakota Fire back on top of the ground, salty three bucks forty. So I'm taking you on. Hey, just quickly, question without notice. Eleven fifty-five AM kickoff, race number one. Do you have a strong opinion on these ten race cards either way in Melbourne at the moment? Um, well, I'd prefer nine because mm. 
when I do the analyzer, I just have to do an extra race and I get paid the same. <laughs> <laughs> even, only... if you're not, even if you're not doing the analyzer, I was here this afternoon going, because you want to look at at least briefly at every race and it's just more. Well, when Sydney went to 10 and I was working at the race club, I was absolutely spewing because it's still the, it was mm. still the same invoice. So, yeah, but oh, what do you do? The, the extra race last week was terrible, but it'll be better in spring. Yeah, I thought you might have tacked an extra zero onto your invoice, <laughs> mate. <back. laughs> uh, race number five, mate, is uh, a benchmark 84 over 1,200. Um, I'm getting involved here. I'm with Shalaman at $8.50, and I'm willing to risk the favorite recommendation. I do think he's the best horse in the race, but he just may be a little soft first up carrying top weight in a race with pretty good speed engaged. Um, Shalaman's obviously a last start winner this track and trip the pattern did suit but he held off um, held off Paray then who who's clearly run of the day against the pattern um, third run here for Gavin Bedgegood Valley Specialist gets in super at the weight stepping from 70 to 84 with the pin claim I just like that he's got the fitness edge and he's a nice price at 850 so race five I'm going to back Shalaman I'm going to be interested to follow up with that meet from Mooney Valley last time and mm. I'd be willing to to bet that no leader that won that day wins again at their next start. Um so good luck. If LA Reach <laughs> I, I, I like your point because I'm actually following a few into this meet and also the Rose Hill yeah. meet that had great run on performances against the pattern. Yeah. If but P P S Listeners, if Ballet Reach is here, I'll back her, but likely goes to Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, race number eight, mate. Benchmark 78, 2,500. You've got one for Yeah, us. Botany. think that she should be favourite. And she sat handy to the speed in a really fast run, 2,100 metre race, two back. That topped her up beautifully for her last start victory where she sat outside the leader. And you have a look at the way that she tanked into the race. She was never, ever losing that race. Spank third, up in grey, gets three and a half kilos weight relief for it, retains Carleen Heffel, will be positive from a wide draw. And you have a look at the winner, Matthew, last start at sale, visually very impressive, got lots of upside, held up, burst clear, but you can still tie them in together. Botany beat Angel of Light by six lengths last start. And I know horses can have bad days, but that horse had beaten Matthew the start prior to him winning at sale as well and and Matthew goes back too so Matthew's sitting around that sort of four dollars eighty five dollar mark and and Botany's around six fifty seven dollars I can't see why they're not the other way around mm, I like it good points salts with Botany the science of plants yeah botany? yeah the botanist mm. the botanist you you you'd be a bit of a plant operator I know when we shared an office you were pretty big on your greenery in mm. their salts. I was. I also like also like plants that you sort of grow them under unnatural light and then you you dry them up and then you cut them up. <laughs> <laughs> you put them in a bit of paper <laughs> and they just look good around the house. It's like an aroma. <laughs> you make candles with them. It's good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what about you and I when we, we killed about thirty we killed about thirty plants and then we could only buy ones that thrived on neglect. Yeah. Remember you <laughs> bought a bonsai? 
<laughs> yes, that thing was gutsy. Yeah, it was it gutsy. didn't get watered for nine gutsy. years and it still survived <laughs> an office with no sun. <laughs> All right, let's move on from that. Uh, I'm going to chuck back to race six. I went past it. It's a benchmark 70 over 2040. There's a um, there's a runner here who's dual nommed and I'm keen to back um, where he goes. That's Cable Dancer, who's in it more for Villain. Hey, sorry, mate. I'll interrupt you there. They've actually just scratched from Mooney Valley, so going to go to Morfittville. Perfect. Well, I'll cover it later in the specs. Spoiler <laughs> yeah, alert. Um, race, race 10, mate, we're dominating today. <laughs> Do you reckon, I reckon it could just be like we're going to Stingers and we're talking over the top. I feel like, yeah. We're just off a little three-week gap here. We need to tighten up. I feel up, like mate. you're in this mindset that, all right, the, the leader is back. I can relax. Things are going to work now and you've dropped your guard. <laughs> oh. I, I, you, you, yeah, okay, we'll go with that. I've been – maybe I'm just like – maybe I'm – you know, we talk about horses, they're not machines and you can't go to, go to the well forever and carrying guys like Haylock <laughs> and Gannon for a fortnight. Maybe those were end of prep runs for me. Maybe I need season seven. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, race number 10. It's a benchmark 70, 1,200 metres. Um, you're going catfish. Yeah, I am. And she can be just that too from 14 Luna Cat. But I liked her first up run, 1,000 metres at Sandown. She's better over a bit further. She always improves with the run under her belt. Her last 200 there was fractionally the fastest of the day. So the rising distance will suit. And from Barrier 4, she just maps for a lovely little stalking role. So uh, I don't think like, – I've got a little bit of a query on her genuineness. When she did win – a race that was here at, at Mooney Valley and, and she pumped them. But she's had a couple of runs where she's had beautiful runs and, and not quite got it done. But I do think $6.50 is over what her true price should be and I can have something on her. You yeah, like another one though, don't you? Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm still scarred from... Um... I'm still scarred from Luna Cat from when she ran in like a maiden at Packenham and absolutely torched me. That's, I haven't recovered. I think it was only like a second career start. Um, yeah, I like Paray. Uh, I, I prefaced it before in the in um, coming through that same race as Shalaman. That run was absolutely enormous. Third fastest last 200 of the entire meeting. That's behind Roussillon and Hedged, who were also big follows against the pattern from that two-year-old two-year-old boys race that that kicked off the day drawn five here lane on can land midfield and and i just think be ripping home once more so parade 350 for me in race 10 at 510 the last on the card this is just an observation it's a Mm. bit of a money muncher it started favorite in all of its nine runs the only time it won it was a dollar 30 so um that means it's one for the sp profiles Three bucks fifty the last start drifted only because of the bias. So, yep, one for those following horses that ran on against the bias. You said that about Kin too, and came out and won the next won the next start. You did tip it yeah. though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you made the same comment about Kin in the same jacket. So I'm just yeah, strong yourselves. I'm sensing something <laughs> enormous. Rose Hill. Um, he rails three meters. Good four, good three. So I, I think so. I think so. The last time we were here, last week, the rail was true. There actually was an advantage forward of midfield. That said, mm. though, there was a very similar setup early in July where they went true and then backed up to four metres and dry, and it raced quite even. So 
I'm hoping and, and suspecting there's not going to be any significant bias at Rose Hill on the weekend. Um, have you got a little bit of a watch on race number one? I noticed that's Caballus's favourite there who knocked off the uh, yeah. highly fancied Estriella and uh, who was the Godolphin runner that bled both uh, nostrils? I'm not sure, but race number one, I've only put that in because there's a horse here um, that I think was named after you. The little, the little pumper. Can you confirm or deny? <laughs> you Can you confirm or deny that's been named after you? It's a, it's a jet name, little pumper. I'll take that. I'm trying hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong yeah, with So I'm not going to back anything, but I thought I saw that name and I thought that reminds me of my name, my my mate Nick. No, doesn't remind me through experience. Just heard your wife call you that. I saw a funny a, um, meme the other day. Sorry, where I give great. I give great effort. I always give great effort. So I like that. It's a good assessment. All people can say about me. It's a good yeah. And shaken is the Godolphin horse oh, okay. that I was trying to think of. I saw a yeah. meme the other day where a guy said um, that feeling during sex when you feel her sweat on your back, and then all the comments were like, "What position is that, mate?" <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, pigs up. Dave Peg Streelor. Oh my God! This is off the rails. <laughs> race, race number two. It's a midway. It's a benchmark seventy-two. I have flat out. I've I've made a vow to never have a bet in the midway. So you just you take it. Uh, number eight, straight acer. I actually wanted to back him last start, but the track at Ramwick, it wasn't really conducive to things getting back and running on. That's what he was going to do. So he got back and did that. His last 600 was the six fastest of the day, clear fastest of the race, seven and a half lengths inside the class average. His win first up at Hawkesbury was really good. He was held up until the, the 100, and then he burst clear, and, and he beat a horse that then subsequently won in town on a Saturday as well. I think now drawn low, 1,500 metres. He's got big upside. Be happy to back him in the eight straight acer. Straight acer in the midway. Yeah, beat Kangaroo Court. Yeah, that's it. I'm not sure the horse is any good, but it's still come to town and won. Got rolled in a Forbes mm. Cup at $1.80. It's good. I think Golden <laughs> declared it. And I got... So yeah, that's a very <laughs> Golden if you're listening. <laughs> 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 He's one of the greats. Yeah. He's one of the greats. <laughs> uh, race six. It's a Phillies and Mares benchmark 78 over 1,400. Um, one here named after my mum. Yeah, are we going with Die or D? Die. Die. Yeah. Yeah, well, my, yeah, my mum's Die. Yeah. If this is D, then it's not named after my mum. No, it's, it's Die, mate. It's named after Die. <laughs> Noles. Yeah, good. I thought Mate, yeah, the mate. eight called Die. There's one horse in this race that's a group horse. And it's going around in a Phillies and Mares benchmark 78. And it's her. Now, she's only had the one trial, but I don't have an issue with that because this stable often sends them to the races without a trial. So it's had a trial quietly ridden, climbing all over the heels of alligator blood, if you don't mind. Last prep won nicely first up and then should have won second up at Sandown at Group 2 level for the three-year-olds. But good run. Tailed off a bit after that. She was wide in, in the Group 1 I think it was the Vinery, won by the New Zealander prior to the spell. But four of her six starts have been in black-type races. So I just think she's better than these. And 
look what they do from the gate one trial. They might be a bit negative, but hopefully the track's playing well and, and she can run on. I'm confident she's the best horse in the race. Three bucks sixty seems. I haven't looked at this race in depth at all, but three bucks sixty seems a pretty good bloody yeah, price for generous. that race you've put. Two dollars ninety. Yeah, I, I priced her. Okay. Yep. Good to know. Um, hey, race eight, the listed rosebud, three year olds, eleven hundred, cool two mil. Um, we talk about horses coming out against that valley track pattern. Well, Rusion's one of those, and. The fact that that valley was an absolute monorail last start, I think giving a real price about this three-year-old that's low-key flying. He comes through that last year, our boys' race, as I mentioned, possible to make ground. Um, overall, it was the fastest last 800 of the entire meeting. And if we're just talking sectionals alone, the fastest last 200 of the entire meeting as well. So pretty big numbers stacking up there on the valley track. How that stacks up to the Sydney form remains to be seen. But nine bucks, I'm happy to find out. So, in an eight horse field as well. So, so Roussillon for me in the listed rosebud, mate. Yeah, named after a um, town down on the peninsula where you're highly likely to get stabbed <laughs> if you go there for New Year's celebrations. Um, and it's a prelude to, to the listed rye as well, which you're also likely to get stabbed on the boardwalk at, at New Year's too. So, a $2 million race after a couple of um, towns down on the peninsula, mate. Isn't that your, wasn't that your like 18 year old and 19 year old preparation, the listed rosebud into the listed rye? <laughs> yeah, didn't that was you? it. You got posted out wide in the caravan parks, didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> there, there was always a fair down there. You go down and talk to the chicky babes. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, the rye, the rye fair. I would have gone on the rye, they're scary. <laughs> the G wizard, too, too fast results. <laughs> Lose his lunch. Hey, race 10, the last on the card, a benchmark 78 over the 1100. There's one you like here, Smashing Eagle, who was also picked up and put in the Sultan's Black Book for subscribers as well this week. Yeah, look, I, I think Gaza Blanca, although I, I know Gaza Blanca is the best horse in the race, I did think that he trialed like maybe 1100 metres could be a bit sharp. I'm just hoping he gets held up and. At, at 4.55, five minutes before the Matildas kick off, anyone that's dived into the shorts is tweeting about how he's the tragedy beat. And while I'm licking my lips because Smashing Eagle got out, and that's the 13 Smashing Eagle, I black booked him and wanted to follow him off what he did two runs back on the Kenzo. Omni-Man won the race, who's gone and won twice since, favoured in a race, Mooney Valley, this weekend. He got back, ran on against the pattern of the day. His last 600 was 10 and a half lengths inside standard. It was, and it was against um, them sort of settling towards the fence. And then last start at Randwick, I, I waited and waited and waited. And then I just didn't see anything getting back and making any ground. And hindsight says, oh, great work. He didn't pull the trigger and he didn't win the race, but he should have won the race. And I got lucky because he got back and he was held up behind Mojo Magic. Once he got clear, his last 200 was the fastest of the meet. I would have loved him to find a 1,200-meter race, but he's obviously just going well two weeks between runs. This was the only race for him, a 78 on the weekend. So it's 1,100 meters, but the speed's on, and uh, I think he'd be storming home. And he's the, the clear biggest danger to the favorite and worth a bet. Yeah, smashing eagle, good case at 6 bucks fifty. Tyler Schiller in the saddle there. Hey, let's head to Morpheville. I just got a couple of quick plays over the border. Um, and 
we also have one race to talk about too a bit later on. Race five, it's a restricted benchmark 64 over 1800. I'm with Cable Dancer, as you alluded to, has been scratched from the valley, goes to Adelaide. I was with him at the valley first up over the mile at a stupid price and he just ran home okay after failing to kick up and lead when you really needed to on that track. Last prep, ran third to Dunkel in the Taz Derby. Second up, out to 2,000 metres here is a big tick. Um, I think, yeah, I think um, 5.50 there over in Adelaide is a good bet. Cable Dancer, 1,800. Um, I've also got one here, race seven, Salts, benchmark 70, 1,500 metres. And it's a horse you'll be familiar with here, Pool Pony, mm-hmm. um, who we backed uh, We backed on the service. Did that win? Um, last start at, yeah, last start at Gawler, five and a half lengths. Oh, okay, nice one, nice one. <laughs> yeah, just, rem- just reminding you. Um, I reckon looks pretty well placed here again. So 5.50, comes to town in 70 grade. The toe rag retains the ride, gets one and a half kilo weight relief on that run at Gawler. I think he maps well. I think he maps the same as he did last start. It, I remember what you and I were chatting when we watched the race. He took – Toe Rag had to really get into him and took ages to warm up. He was sort of sitting 1-1. One, one. And then when he sort of responded, he said – So, yeah, see, boys. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to butter up and go again on Pool Pony at 5.50 in race number seven. Unit. Unit of the week time, 200 bucks, courtesy of Top Sport. Racing Hearts is still our charity partner. They're doing great work down there, Lisa Coffee, and we're hopefully uh, contributing, and our unit army's contributing to some of the great work. Now, we've got Maddie, who's our, it's his third week as carry over champion. Backed It's Our Time last week. Um, got the chocolates. He's already raised well over 400 bucks for um, Racing Hearts early in the Every season. Start. So yep, going good guns. And it's 400 bucks for himself too because he goes half and half. Yeah. So courtesy of Top Sport, which is great. So a really good start, Matty. And this is what he likes this week. Morning, boys. After a big win by It's Our Time last Saturday, I'm looking for the hat trick for the units and have been doing my homework to come up with another result for our friends at Racing Heart with a big thanks to Top Sport for their support. With that faint smell of spring in the air, there were plenty of options for me this week. I've been doing my homework and I'm going to dive into Mooney Valley this Saturday. It's race seven and it's over the Cox Plate distance of 2,040 metres. I'm looking at number two, Milford, who looked an unlucky runner here at the track and trip against similar opposition last start, and with an ounce of luck, he may have tested the winner flash flood. He stays at the 60 kilos, however, he does meet the winner better at the weights. He's rock hard fit and ready to rumble. If footy can lock in something north of three bucks, it will be a great result for the units and for racing hearts. Let's go, boys. I love Matty. If you're sick again, he's coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Piss off, Gannon and Haylock, Matt. It's just going to be Matt. I'll never and get I back on the show. if if he yeah. does that because he's tipping winners and he's he's got some serious vocal cords about him. I know, and he's made me feel like a bookie, get, like letting him on for north of three dollars. Yeah, and you I have him a price, We've got three bucks twenty. I've given you your price, Matty. Three bucks twenty for Milford in the seventh to benchmark one hundred at the Valley, and hopefully we get a result there and. I want this. Uh, I want this carryover champ to just continue to roll. It's like when you're in the ring and something's three bucks thirty, and you're like, "Oh, 
surely you give me three bucks forty. And they give it to you, and you think you're the best. And then you go 100%. and watch the fence, and it's four bucks eighty. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that'll be me. That'll be me at Spring Carnival. <laughs> I'm going to make cash grade again. If I'm not betting on my top four app, I'm making cash grade <laughs> again this year. Calling it. It's the new campaign. Hey, two units time. Our best bets from around Australia. Heading back to Morfittville for the feature, the Group 3 Behemoth Stakes, weight for age, 1,200 metres. I'm with See You in Heaven at 2 bucks 80 and she's just a proper jet, this mare. First up, 1,200 metres off a solid Morfittville trial over 1,050 metres. She finished off strong under minimal riding. I like that setup for this. Um, she beat home Ironclad in that trial, who lobs here as well. Um and another speedy type in Chicago Storm and was clearly the best from that trial and looks as though she's just ready to explode first up. Last time Salt, she was first up, it was in the listed Durbridge, was ridden positively and looked like she was just left wanting late. And I don't know if you remember the race, Shimino was flying yeah. late, nabbed her. Um, I think she's just far more effective ridden cold and the fact that she's drawn barrier 12 here with my man the toe rag it's a bit of a positive the rail's five meters i expect them to be fanning as the day goes on and she's going to be ripping around them and ripping late over um over the top of one of the another runner that you like here too. yeah all the best i, I was just going to say i might have something on bellow reach but see you in heaven good luck mate the uh behemoth stakes the big boy my best of the weekend Rose Hill race seven. This is short and sweet. You can get just north of, of two dollars for the five freedom rally. Now this guy this guy hates the government and he, he hates the COVID vaccination. <laughs> I tell you what, I'll tell you what he likes. He likes winning bloody horse races. Don't worry about that. And running he time. likes running time over the West Gate, shouting at John yeah. Setcar. <laughs> From the CFMEU saying, let me work. He's won four in a row and three of them have been this preparation. And the clock don't lie, mate. He's running time off various tempos. So two back fast tempo, put absolute holes in them. So Wadagos engaged today, a little bit of tempo. If they go fast, no worries. In fact, the faster they go for him sitting off it, I think the better. But he's got versatility because last start off a slow tempo, he ran the fastest last 200 metres of the day. His last 200 metres was five lengths faster than the class average. So even though it was off a slow tempo, that's a big figure. This is a good horse. And the stable aren't going to be bringing down a horse, and that's Tony Gollan I speak of, to um, Sydney that they don't think is going to be able to win. And, And Ryan Maloney as well rode him a couple of times early in his career. He's riding him today too. So all signs point to yes. Yeah, no, nah, it looks super smart, mate. I like it. I'm with you as well. Freedom Rally, two bucks five. I'm coming along for the ride um, with Salts and the Golan stable. Ryan Maloney in tow via Fishwick for some VHSs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll squeeze that in. Um, mate, it's been good to see you again. It's been good to have you back. The unit army's missed you. That dog sitting on the beach listening to Stan Feet Dido. <laughs> It's all come good. Hey, speaking of songs, how about how about this track here, Australia Street? Just a little bit of sticky fingers to go out with. I, I've lost it on Instagram because um, old Hamburgers Haylock, good friend of the show, he's um, he's run with a bit of a bit of a lyric caption in his latest Instagram post about Darwin Cup. Yeah, it's like when you've 
when you're in high school and you log on to MSN, you've got a crush on a girl and there's a lyric that sort of speaks to your friendship with her and you're trying to get out of the friendship zone and you, and you pop a caption in. So I don't mind that caption. And the, the timing of that was extraordinary because I've been listening to a lot of Sticky Fingers lately. And particularly on YouTube, they've got this one person that's clipped up like 45 minutes of like 10 acoustic tracks from them as well. Great band. Mm. Good listens. You, you would have slid into a few girls' um, DMs, I reckon, with a bit of Nelly Dilemma, a bit of lyrics from Nelly Dilemma <laughs> featuring Kelly Rowland. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been Salty's go, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> all right, mate. All the best on the weekend. Listeners, Salt, I look forward to seeing you again uh, next week. It's been fun. Have a good one. Take it easy. And this is what I want. And this is what you get Come and share with us for all our times we recollect From the start into these fans We unwind out where we head Being clever never sweat your went forever has the wisdom